host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this world. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a special, special guest. One of, part of my, as they call, family of choice, Apex. Her name is Michelle. So what I like to do, Michelle, is have you introduce yourself to the audience, like who you are and what exactly is that you do, and then we're going to dive in. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story and share what I do. I'm a transformation coach. I love to call myself a lifestyle engineer. I love the mix of words, but I think what I do is I help women engineer the life that they want, right? It's all about taking the different things that have meaning to you and that you want to accomplish and bridging the gap between the two, where you are to where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I do. I help women who are in corporate America or entrepreneurs who are probably single moms or divorced, create the kind of life that brings them joy and fulfillment. It's really important to me because I was that woman. <laughs> right. I've heard your story, or at least I've seen it like and, and heard part of it on podcasts that you've been on already and in, in, in our group. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I know that's a tough thing to do, right? To go through that stuff as a single mother, go through a divorce, be in a career, take care of their children and try to find time for themselves. Right. Cause I have the utmost respect for mothers and, and you know what I mean? I know my mom worked her butt off, you know, my wife works Mm -hmm. her butt off and yeah. And it's sometimes I could see it in her eyes. Like there's no time for her. And, you know, so I'm trying to make, help her realize that, you know, she needs to take care of herself, which she does and do with things that she likes to do. So that's awesome, right? Because no one's going to know better than someone who's gone through it like yourself, right? And so, and some of your challenges, Michelle, that you have faced, like deciding like, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to become a business owner. I'm going to help these women. Like what were some (laughs) of the, you know, like, you know what I mean? Because, right. We're like, okay, how am I going to do this stuff? Right. Like what were some of the challenges? And we're going to talk about personal and business. You know what I mean? Because I want Mm -hmm. them to fully know who you are and how, how they can work with you if they want to. But what were some of the challenges you faced? Let's start personally, like when you decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to help these women become the best they can be. Well, I think any entrepreneurial journey is really, really, can I, can I use that language on this? Absolutely. <laughs> there, there, this is rated R. Passionate yeah. language. <laughs> It's a total mindfuck, 
right. you know, you're always overcoming yourself. And whenever you do something that's outside your normal comfort zone, you're going to run up against yourself. You're going to run up against some things that you thought that you had dealt with, but you need to overcome. And every new level, just like they always say, there's a new mm-hmm. devil. I think mindset is the real game. The way that I approach coaching and because I, I was a single mom, I'm still single, but I'm engaged, but because I was a single mom, because I worked in corporate America, because I felt unfulfilled and I didn't have any joy in my life, it was really hard for me to balance all of it. Now, balance is a subjective word, but it means something different for everyone. And it's a triangle for women. You know, we're trying to be a female, we're trying to be a mom, and we're also trying to be fiercely independent. And you're trying to find the perfect intersection for you in that triangle. For me, you know, when I started this journey, first of all, life coaching found me. I didn't find life coaching. Really, my introduction to coaching began about five years ago when I hired my first coach. And I just saw the incredible transformation that I was able to create on the other side of that coaching. It was pivotal for me, things that I never knew I was facing or had not dealt with came to the surface. And I finally had the curtain, you know, pulled back on my life. So Hmm. I could see, you know, what was hiding behind it. I just was frankly, ignorant to the fact that I was not taking responsibility for my life, for my thoughts and my actions. And it was having a huge impact, not only on me, but it was having a huge impact on the way that I showed up in life. And I was able to just recreate everything from, well, I don't want to say rock bottom, but mentally it was pretty much rock bottom. Right. And that's sometimes difficult, right? When you have, like you say, that curtain pulled back when you think everything's fine. I'm good. Oh God. Right. And yeah. someone goes, someone pulls it back and goes, no, it's not. <laughs> look, you need to take a look at yeah. this. Right. But that's in itself, one of the hardest things to do. If you think, like you said, you're independent, you're, you're a single mother at the time and you're taking mm-hmm. a look, you're like, I've got this because look, I'm taking care of my family, you know? And then yeah. someone says, no, you can fix some things. Right. Right. So People don't understand that's hard. Like it's good for us in a sense that if we can put ourselves in that situation, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of the most beneficial things that we can do. But as humans, sometimes I think you'll agree, right? Like in the beginning, we were pointing fingers because I'm not like that, you know, or I'm oh, not God, like yeah. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's that saying, right? If I'm pointing a finger, I have three pointing back at me. And that's yeah. when it gets real when you start taking a look at those three fingers going, well, there's this, this, and this, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so describe some of that journey for the audience, right? Because it's not easy. And, you know, people think, you know, and you just said it, right? It's okay to ask for help. When you reached out and said, I need a coach because I need some accountability. I need to change my mindset. Describe for them, like what that was like for you in the beginning and how you worked your way through that to where you are now. Yeah. So five years ago, I emotionally hit my rock bottom and There was nothing significant that caused the pain that I was in. You know, my dad and I are extremely close and he moved from Texas to Florida. And that was just 
devastating for me because I was so close to him. And he was frankly, the rock in my life. He was the one man who had been there my entire life. I had also just ended a relationship with a man that I had been in for about a year and a half. And, you know, he sat on my couch, you know, right after Christmas, right after New Year's Eve, had to get through the holidays. And, you know, he says, I don't, I don't want to marry you. I don't think I'd, I'm ever going to want to marry you. And, you know, I'm so grateful that he did that in hindsight because the marriage, not the marriage, but the relationship was really toxic. I was really, really unhappy in it. But yeah, when he said those words to me, I found some kind of courage inside me. And I just said, you know what, we need to end this. So initially I had this sense of euphoria and freedom because I'm not inside this relationship, but less than a week later, I find myself in bed and I'm in a sea of tissues and I'm under the covers and I am just floored. And here's why (laughs) I always talk about the burn. The burn is all the things that we avoid. Okay. And for me, the things that I avoided and I was really, really good at because I'm an alpha female, I'm fiercely independent and it's, it was never okay for me to show emotion. I avoided my past. So my past included a really toxic relationship with my mom who passed away when I was 14. And then of course I avoided every single failed relationship after that. I was divorced twice. I was in my early forties and I also avoided forgiveness. And the reason that I'm sharing this and I'm so transparent and honest about it is it wasn't just that breakup. It wasn't just the fact that my dad left. It was all the things that I had never dealt with in my life that were taking up space in my mind and they were coming back to me, not just one of them, but all of them. And so whenever you feel like you're a failure because of a relationship ending, if you've never dealt with the other relationships, you're going to have memories that pop up in your mind that remind you of why you're such a failure. And that is what was happening to me. So rock bottom, sea of tissues. I'm at a desperate point in my life and I reached out for help. And what my coach was able to do for me was help me realize that really the reason that I had so many toxic relationships in my life was because I had a toxic relationship with my mom and everything that I was doing romantically was a reflection of that relationship. So I was either attracting people to me that treated me like she did, or I was attracting people to me that acted like she did. That was pivotal for me. And I had never heard anything like that before, but it was like the skies had finally opened. I mean, I finally got it. And because I finally got it, I could work on it. And I did. I was finally at a place where I was sick and tired of my shit. Shit happens, but we don't have to sit in shit. Right. Right. But most of us do. Yep. So I practiced forgiveness. I was just tenacious in it. I wanted so desperately to feel better. And I knew that that was the gateway to that. I don't think forgiveness gets enough credit in mindset and personal development. It was so pivotal for me and it was so freeing. It was so the best analogy I can come up with is somebody opened up, you know, the gate. I had felt like I was in this prison, this mental prison this whole time. And someone had just opened up the gate and I had just walked through. I 
faced the relationship with my mom. And I was able not only to understand why she was the way she was when I was growing up, but I was able to have so much empathy for her own story. You know, my mom passed away when she was 36. She had breast cancer. She suffered with it from the age of 32 until she passed. And my mom had a really toxic relationship with her mom. Go figure. Right. And that's what we usually find, right? It's a generational thing. And until we address it it ourselves, it keeps going. I was able to overcome all of that. And I moved to a city that I love. I live in Austin, Texas. I just up and sold my house and I moved. I didn't know a soul here. I didn't give a shit. I just wanted to live here. And I met my fiance who I've been with for three years. I can tell you this relationship that I have now, and I'm in my late forties now. So this relationship that I have now is nothing like I've ever experienced but it's because I did the work. And then by extension of the transformation that I was able to, you know, create in my life, I want to share that with other women because I understand intrinsically that pain. And I want to make sure that women have the opportunity to work on it before they get to the dark spot that I was in. Like, don't wait until you're on your emotional (laughs) knees to do something about it. Right. Curled up in bed, like you said, tissues and Right. Emotional pain. I mean, it's a great motivator, period, whether it's emotional, physical or, you know, whatever. And I can relate to your story so much until I could figure out that stuff like where, you know, and forgiveness. I like what you talked about forgiveness, right? Because the one thing I had to do was forgive myself because I was my own worst enemy, you know, and you talk about forgiveness. I did a lot of that work in my recovery. You know, I've been clean and sober for almost 19 years now. That's amazing. So, but it was like you, there was times I had these epiphanies or like the lessons would keep showing up. You, when you shared how they kept showing up, it's because you weren't learning it, right? They say, if we don't learn right. the lesson, it's going to show up, whether it's over here or over there, it's always going to, you know, until the universe, God, or whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in says, you need to learn this lesson or I'm going to keep giving it to you, right? And, and like, I don't know about you, but I'm hard-headed. There was a couple where it, mm-hmm. it took me running into that brick wall a few times going, Right. And like you, like in my late forties, I met my wife and she's been one of my greatest teachers about, you know, one, taking responsibility for my stuff and right. Not mm-hmm. taking shit from anybody when I don't have right. to excuse my language. And you know what I mean? And she's just been an awesome role model for me and like how she handles herself. And right. Cause there was a lot of things I let people used to walk all over me and blah, 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 blah. We can get into that, but you know, this is about you. And, but it brought up so many things for me hearing you talk about that, because it doesn't matter if you're in recovery, not in recovery or whatever, people go through these lessons. And until we learn them, we're going to be that hamster in the wheel, just spinning our wheels, you know, and then we're going to be asking, why me? Why me? Why is this happening? Oh yeah. Right. And I did. I was that person. Like, what the fuck? Am I like the only woman in the world that like, can't find a dependable man And I used to think it was their problem and it wasn't me. Of course, I never looked at me who was the actual thing that was in common in all of those failed relationships. And I don't want to make any of my ex-husbands wrong. And I don't actually even want to make, you know, any of the relationships I had prior to my fiance wrong. I attracted them to my life and I did it because I wasn't keenly aware, number one, of what I wanted. Okay. You got to know what you want. And if you don't, you need to sit down and figure out what you do want. 
And then you also need to know what you don't want. Yeah, so that's important. It's both don't you sides think? of the coin. Yeah, that's very when important. I started date. Yes. Sorry. And, you know, there's a reason they always say you're never going to hit a target if you don't set one. And it's so true. I just happened to date and marry whoever showed up in my life. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. So I'm divorced twice. And, you know, the universe was really, I just love the universe. It's so snarky. But the universe would just spank me over and over and over with the same lesson. And I just never got it. And so I guess, you know, my dad leaving and that relationship failing, for whatever reason, those two events were so painful for me that I finally, finally was in a place where I could get the message and receive it and do something about it. Because we are, and this is so true for single moms who have full-time jobs that work in corporate America or they're entrepreneurs, that diamond that I was talking about is so important because here we are as women and we're alpha females. We're driven, we're independent. We want to make things happen. We're movers and shakers, but we are also trying to be women, just trying to be a woman who's out there dating, who's trying to be feminine, who's trying to not only be her masculine self in her career, but also embrace her feminine side of just being a woman and just showing up and being loved and appreciated for who she is and not having to do anything, but then also trying to be a mom full time. And like I said, it's finding that healthy balance for you, for you. What do you want? And I always think, you know, society puts all these rules on moms in general and females, you get to decide what you want to do. Your change though is so necessary because you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it to break the generational trauma. So your kids do not suffer and their kids do not suffer. Right. I could have held onto that resentment and bitterness and been the same kind of mother that my mom was and that her mom was, but I chose to do something different. And I'm really transparent with my daughter about that relationship, but I'm also really honest with her about my transformation and what I did to transcend the way that I think about that. Because my mom could not do better. She never had a chance to overcome her demons. She was 36 when she passed away. Right. I was 41 when I started this journey. Yeah. It always happens on time, I believe, right? There was lessons yeah. you had to learn. And I get, like, I can relate with you on so many levels. But as a father, you know, I mean, I was, when my dad and mom divorced when I was young, right? I never saw my dad until... I'll give you a little story. So it was about, I was 11 getting ready, no, 10 getting ready to turn 11, right? was the last time I saw him, you know, and his Mm -hmm. last words to me was, I'll promise I'll be back for your birthday. And, you know, 11 came and went and his birthday came and went. And then the next thing I know, I get, you know, my aunt tells me your dad passed away and I was angry. Like I wasn't sad. I was like, how dare he break that promise? You know what I mean? You're a little kid. Yeah, And I carry that, you know, and I said, I'd never be like him. I ended up being like him for a while when I was in my addiction. Right. But now, you know, I've been present, but here's the flip side of that is like, I have to own my 
I own my stuff, right? And I do my mm-hmm. best. So whatever my kids think, you know, if they hear this, you know, I've been present in their lives for like going on 19 years now, you know, I have some issues, but that's, that's not all on me, right? There's some things they're holding on to. And I wish if you're hearing this, you know, I love you kids, <laughs> but there's some things you need to take a look at and, and know that your dad's here, you know, just like Michelle's there for her family. If you're listening to what Michelle is saying, it, there's stuff we have to work on. We can't always point the finger and say it's dad's fault. It's mom's fault. It's God's mm-hmm. fault. It's, you know, the milkman's fault, whatever, you know, and I'm just putting it out there. It takes some work to, to want to change, mm-hmm. or we're going to stay stuck in that for me, you know, that's like you said, sitting in our shits, smelling the same thing over and over again, and then wondering <laughs> why it's not changed, you know, wondering why it's not changing. Yeah, like, can somebody come move me from yeah. this? No, <laughs> yeah. And- you need to move yourself. Yeah. See, but that's perfect that you say that, right? Because there, I'm sure there was times. I know for me, I'm speaking for me. There was times it was like, yeah, can someone please pick me up out of this and move yeah. me over here, right? Yeah. Until I got those mentors and, in my case, a sponsor and, and, and coaches that said, no, dude, you need to get up out of it and you need to brush yeah. yourself off and you need to start over and do something different, which I'm hearing yeah. from you, and that's what you had to do. As you know, like being a part of, of Apex that we are, right? Like a lot of our bit, a lot of life and business parallels itself, right? If we don't make a change in mm-hmm. business, we're going to have the same results. If we have to do the same things in life, we're going to have the same results. So moving into like becoming a coach and creating your business, what are some of the life lessons you learned to help make your business grow and become successful as you are? You know, when I watched you and you got to speak on Stacy's stage and do mm-hmm. some and you're doing other amazing things, you know what I mean? But that's that stuff is awesome, right? So tell the audience like how you used your life lessons to make sure you didn't make mistakes in business, which we're going to make, but you know, at least you have. Oh yeah. I mean, like I, I've fucked up plenty of time. (laughs) I really, I really had to embrace imperfect action. It's very, very hard for someone like me to embrace that philosophy, but I do believe in hard work. I hate using the word hard, but it's so true. I mean, you need to be dedicated to your craft. You need to be dedicated to always, always growing. And, you know, I, the one thing that so funny, I had to be really authentic and it was really uncomfortable for me to come out and sell myself because that's what I'm doing. I'm putting myself on the line and I'm allowing people to go, I don't like you, or I do like you. And Ooh, that's really fucking uncomfortable. You know, (laughs) I'm putting myself out there so you can hate on me possibly. And, you know, for this girl that grew up really shy, who had really low self-confidence. And I mean, that's a whole nother story. I mean, it's evident in my relationships, but you know, I was a little orphan Annie. In school. And a lot of people are like, what? Yes, I have freckles and I had strawberry blonde hair and I was super shy. I was like the easiest target for a bully ever. And (laughs) I took that story and I made it mean something about what I brought to this world. As I continue to grow the business, as I continue to craft my message and who I'm here to serve, it's more and more evident to me that it's females, right? that they are alpha females, just like me, that they are trying to find the balance in their life between 
being that fierce female in business and balancing that feminine side of being a woman and also being an incredible mom, right? We have to have a strong foundation for our kids. And being authentic for me has been the most pivotal. I'm really fucking weird. And I used to hate that about me and I would hide (laughs) it. I love crystals, but I also love gangster rap. You know, and I used to think that if you meditated, that surely you were wearing a robe, right? And burning right. some incense, which I, I do have the incense. I don't have the robe yet, but I mean, it's the next level. Right. So I really want women to come to the table as they are and to really own who they are. You were talking about boundaries. So I was super codependent. And when you are a codependent, you are naturally a giver. And when you're a giver, people who are takers are naturally drawn to you. And it's this really unhealthy dynamic. And until you learn how to say no, and you learn how to establish strong boundaries around yourself and around the things that you want, you will always have those kind of people show up in your life. And I'm just such a proponent for doing the work, being authentic, showing up as the badass that you are, And facing the things that you want to avoid or you have avoided, because that's where the magic is for me. I faced those things that I avoided. It's why I call it the burn. The burn is the things that are really uncomfortable, but they are also like, that's, that's the key. That's the key to the life you say you want. It's all there. So what are you avoiding? What is it? That, you know, God, that just brings back (laughs) so much for me. And you're so correct, right? Being authentic is very important, right? Because if you're not, whether it's online or in person, you know, as well as I do, if you, Mm -hmm. you can smell it a mile away, like this person's either, wow, they're just amazing or wow, they're full of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And there's this guy I followed and I used to use his talk on, he did a Ted talks, right? He's in recovery. He's probably got Mm -hmm. over 20 years now. It's called CEO's do what addicts do, right? And which he talks Mm -hmm. about this talk and what he learned in his recovery was to always be authentic. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, Always be authentic, surrender the results and do the hard work always, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. and he's very successful now. He owns some businesses, you know, he's really, um, matter of fact, the guy that I interviewed last week for my podcast is good friends with this guy now. And I was like, oh, wow. that, that he mentioned it. I oh, was like, world. yeah, I'm like, wow. You know, I used to play that, you know, I used to have my clients watch that, you know, as a kid, when I'm doing my counselor work, because I think it's, it's easier to get them to li- listen to three main points than to try to drag something out. And they're going like sleeping on my group or, you know what I mean? But right. that's exactly what you said, right? We always have to be honest or authentic so that people will go, okay, I can relate to that person. Or even if they don't, but they, they might not relate, but they go, he's got, he or she has some really good things, right? Because if you're going to be dishonest out there, you know, the, the hyenas out there were, are going to spot it and they're going to, they're going to come after you. And, and it's well, just they're going to come after you regardless. Let's just be clear. I, I think, you know, not avoiding being authentic is really, it's based in fear. I think so many things are rooted in fear. I mean, let's oh, be yeah. honest. Absolutely. It's how we operate life. I mean, we're just terrified. But you, you believe that if you are authentic, that you're going to be judged. And here's the bomb drop. You're going to be fucking judged no matter what. I don't care if you're like the best person in the world. 
who right. gives away all their money, who lives in a tent in the backyard, you are going to be judged. So you might as well be out there living your best life, doing the things that make you happy. And the haters can step aside because right. that's like their job. That's what they do. <laughs> right. Do you hear that haters? Right. Do you hear that people? <laughs> that is so true. Like if you don't like it, just step aside. Cause we're coming anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you're right. And then and the stuff in the coaching biz and, and speaking and stuff like that, we're going to find that. Like I've already had a couple of things that have happened this past couple of days where I'm just like, wow, I got some haters out there for what, for just being me. Okay. That's cool. I, I can deal with that now. Right. Before I'd get all butthurt. Like, why don't they love me? You know what I mean? Now well, it's, it's just go ahead. My dad was my first hater. <laughs> so my dad was really funny. He's old school. My dad's almost 80 years old. Doesn't look it. He looks fabulous. I have really incredible genetics. So he, when I started posting and I I started getting more and more on brand and really sharing my voice and sharing my message, I'm really passionate. And sometimes I go off on a tangent and my dad (laughs) sent me a text message and he goes, I know that you're really passionate, but like, can you stop using so many F words? And (laughs) the little girl inside me, you know, for a split second, wanted to shrink. And she didn't. I have immense respect for my father. I adore this man. He has been through so much and he raised me and he's loved me through it all. And I just said, you know what? I love you and I respect you, but I'm not going to change the way that I show up online. So you can unfriend me or you can unfollow me, but I'm still going to do it. And my dad likes all of my posts. So that's awesome. See, He's like, damn, I just better fall in line, right? Because my daughter's taking after me. She's yeah. going to do what she wants. That's awesome, yeah. right? And there's, that's a lot of the stuff we run into, right? When we find out some of our, I, I want to, I want, sometimes haters a strong word, but our worst critics are the ones closest to us, right? When you don't yeah. think they are and you find out they are and they're pointing that finger and you're like, wait a minute, what did I do to you? You know, I'm just being me in this thing called life and business, whatever you want to call it. And we just have to plow through it. Like you said, like I finally have become unapologetically me. Like I'm going to show up the way I show up because that's who you see. You, you see me on a Facebook post is the same person you're going to meet if you're in person. You know, you know, I do drop a couple of F-bombs here and there too, but that's just who we are, right? It's just, we're being real. So, you know, because I, people- I think if, if the worst thing I ever do is use strong language, right? just back down. Seriously, of all the things I could do in the world that could offend you, my language does. I mean, seriously, why do you think it is that your family and your friends are always the first ones to criticize? I have a philosophy on that, but I want to know what yours is. My, okay, so here, here is my philosophy on why that's happening to me, right? For so many years, whether in my addiction or in my recovery, I was the people, please. I'm the one that fell in line with every, mm-hmm. okay, I actually need to do this. Okay. You know, without even questioning yeah. it, you know, like, yeah. you know, the codependent. Yeah. You're right. The, the codependent, the, the people pleaser, that was me. Right. And mm-hmm. I lived out of guilt and shame, even when I got sober. Right. So there was a lot of things I did that made me feel a lot of guilt and shame. Right. So I let people manipulate me. I let people talk you know, any way they wanted to me. And like I said, that's some of the closest people to me. And then I got to say, I met my wife and she was like, oh, hell no, you've paid your dues, you know? And, you know, and I heard that for so many years from people in recovery 
but I didn't want to hear it. You know what I mean? But it finally yeah. took someone who, who really loved me to say, look, take a look at what you've done so much since you've been sober. That's going to stop. Right. And I finally pulled my head out and go, okay, she's right. And so I think for me, that's why it was because I was always that the quiet one, the one that just fell in line and did what, you know, everybody wanted me to do. And now that I'm standing up for myself and doing my own thing and, you know, just not taking anybody's shit no more, you know, it's so that that's my philosophy on why I think it's happening to me. What about you? What's your, I agree. Well, I just have a different take on it. I, you know, what I have found and Stuman talks about this all the time, you know, friends and family, they'll be the last ones to support you on your journey to entrepreneurship. It's because they don't understand it. Most of them. I mean, let's face it. If we had been surrounded by baller entrepreneurs all of our life, well, then we would be 10 steps ahead. Duh. (laughs) I mean, right. Right. Yeah. But secondly, they remembered me as I were, as I was. Right. And so it's very hard for them to see me as I am. If you had known me in high school and you you knew me now, but had not seen the, the change incrementally that I made, you probably would have a hard time with it. I was, when I graduated from high school, I was almost 180 pounds. To give you perspective, that's a size 18 in women's clothes. And I wear a size six. Oh, wow. I, but I ate to combat, to avoid my feelings. Right. And I was really insecure, low self-esteem, very shy. I didn't have a voice. And when people hear me talk now and they see me on stage, they're like, what in the fuck? The thing is, I've always been this way, but I didn't think I was allowed to be this way. And because I never thought I was allowed to be who I truly am, I kept on shrinking And because I was shrinking, I was becoming more and more miserable because I was fighting who I was so I could be comfortable where I was. I get it. That's, uh, that's awesome. Right. Like I could see that. I could see myself in that, you know, that's exactly right. Wow. That's, that's awesome. God, that's, I needed to hear that today, Michelle. So thank you very much. You're (laughs) Um, welcome. All right. So, you know, what I like to ask, there's a couple of questions I like to ask my, my guests um, when they come Absolutely. on, right? Uh, you know, I wrote a book, I called it Fearless Happiness, right? I like to mm-hmm. talk about the first, we'll talk about fearless first. So what does fearless look like for you and how does that show up, right? Because if you think about it, I had this conversation with every guest and they always tell me, we're really never going to be fearless, right? right? But us who have faced it, right? We just choose to face it and do whatever we're going to do anyway, despite of it. But what does that mean to you being fearless? Wow. What a profound question to be fearless to me means accepting the invitation from the woman who is me in the future, taking her hand and stepping into that best version of myself, no matter what, that's what it is. Awesome. Right. And that's hard to do, right? Because God, Right. And you know, she's usually dragging me. I'll be honest. (laughs) She's dragging me. Right. And there's so many days when I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to quit. That's real talk, but I don't ever fucking give up. Right. Awesome. Because that's true. Right. Like are some of our biggest fears is that fear of the unknown. I don't care who you are. Right. It could come from someone who's like a Ryan making tons of money 
to mm-hmm. us who are new in this business and we're in, in entrepreneurship, right? Even the greats have beer, right? But that, Everybody like, does. Right. Like you said, though, it's like taking the hand of that person that you're meant to be and going, kicking and screaming, right? Throwing our temper <laughs> tantrum and going, okay, I'm going to do it. Just, just hold on a second, right? That was awesome. Yeah. That was so cool. So the second part of my title, I wrote happiness, right? But I took the I and I replaced it with a Y. So what is happiness? And what do you think that Y is in my title, right? What does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? So happiness is a choice to me. And a lot of people hate that, but it truly is. And, (laughs) you know, we're all striving for the next big thing because we think that's going to make us happy. But what if you were able to create that right now? And what if you were in the present right now in gratitude and being happy for what you have and fully embracing what is to come, right? Because we, the one thing that I learned, you know, over the last five years, it's been pivotal for me is I'm a control freak. I am working on it, but here's the thing that I can control my thoughts and my actions. And it doesn't matter what happens. I have the ability to have complete control over those two things. And because I have control over those two things, and because I know where my focus is, my energy will go. I choose to concentrate on the things that bring me happiness. Amazing. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I used to Oh, I don't know if you know anything about like recovery in 12 steps, right? One of the biggest things they teach is you're powerless. And I used to go like, Mm -hmm. I used to question that, right? But I get it. Once I take a drink or a drug and I'm in it, Mm -hmm. I am powerless. Like until the hand of God or I get the silver bracelets, I don't stop, right? But my mental- sleepwalking. Exactly. Would that be a good analogy? Absolutely, right? And then my, my sponsor, my mentors told me, dude, you do have power. So you have the power of choice when you're sober, right? And I have the power to say no. I have the power, like you said, and that was so on point. That's what they taught me was I have the power to control my own thoughts and my own actions. That's where the right. power lies, right? So I have the power to be a good human being or I have the power mm-hmm. to be an asshole. Which one are you going right. to choose, right? So I try to choose to be the best and as we know, the most elite version of ourselves and, and be the best husband, the best father, especially the best grandfather mm-hmm. that I can be. So that I can leave a legacy, like, you know, they talk about me later, like, oh, grandpa was awesome because he did this, mm-hmm. this, and this, right? He chose this, this, and this. So this has been an amazing interview, M- Michelle, like so much. I learned from you so much today. But what I like to do too now, like, if someone wants to work with you, if there's that working mother out there, that single mother, the recently divorced mother, the one who went through what you went through, and they're going through it now, how can they reach out to you? And how can they work with you? Well, you know, I'm all over social media. I'm on Facebook at One Bold MF or Michelle Fuller. And I'm on Instagram, One Bold underscore MF. Okay, guys, that is my business name. Those are also my initials. It's really cool. And I'm not changing it. (laughs) (laughs) And then my website is OneBoldMF.com. And you can actually schedule a consultation there. So if you're an entrepreneur badass, or if you are a corporate woman who is also a badass, but you are looking to find more joy and fulfillment in your life, please reach out. I can help you create that balance and that life that's going to bring you all of those things and more. 
That's awesome. Very, very amazing. You are an amazing human being, Michelle. Thank you. Before we part, though, I want you to tell what piece of advice would you give my audience right now before we part our ways and, and we go on to do life? I don't know where the audience stands right now, but here's what I would tell you on the other side of the things that I have went through and what I'm currently dealing with. Mindset is the game. That is the most important thing whenever you start doing something that's uncomfortable. I would encourage you to get books, make the personal development and self-help section your best friend, listening to podcasts, surround yourself with people who are doing better, better than you, right? Because they're going to be the invitation to your best self or get a mentor coach. Those are my words of advice. Boom. You hear that audience? That's some great stuff right there. Well, Michelle, this has been a great time with you. I appreciate you totally taking the time and spending it with me here. Sorry about that. And you were awesome. So you heard our audience. Remember, mindset, it's where it's at, right? We have the power to change our path by the way we think about ourselves and others and how we look at life. So take it with a grain of salt, everybody. Michelle, thank you again for being a guest. You were amazing. Until next time, we will, we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you.